This lecture is about the frequency domain design, where we use the, uh, the, the frequency domain representation we saw last time to design a feedback control system. So the contents is as follows. Frequency diagrams of open and closed loop systems. So, so far we only have considered uh, frequency diagrams of open loop systems. Now we are going to consider how we can uh, draw the frequency diagram of the closed loop system when the one of the open loop system is available. Sensitivity, we have seen that before. We come back on sensitivity during this lecture. Then we discuss the design of lead and lag networks. We have seen lead and lag networks already when we talked about uh, basic functions, but now we will apply these networks in, uh, in the control system to improve the uh, performance. We consider again a very simple configuration. First, we start with a first order system example where we have a proportional controller with gain k. In that case, we can write the equations, the open loop equations for the, the loop uh, transfer function is k over s plus 1. And the closed loop can be easily computed as k over s plus 1 plus k. When we consider this in the frequency domain, we could say that for omega 0, the transfer function is k. In the closed loop case, the transfer function is k over 1 plus k. And for omega goes to infinity, the transfer function is uh, k over j omega, and the same holds for the closed loop function. We have seen already before that for very small time types and for uh, very high frequencies, there is no influence of the feedback. So that can be seen here as well. So feedback only affects the low frequencies. And if k is large enough in this first order, type 0 example for omega goes to 0 the closed loop function goes to 1 so k over 1 plus k approaches 1. When we draw third order Nyquist plot then we can also try to construct the uh, Nyquist plot of the closed loop system by just looking at the uh, complex variables involved. Uh, this is the final result and we see here that in this case the Closed loop system goes to the point minus one. So is this system stable? No. It's stable because the open loop characteristic oh, okay. doesn't cross minus one. Yeah, this is something I always want. Take care. The okay. conclusions you draw are only for the open loop. Okay. But for the closed loop system, it doesn't matter. Hmm? Yeah. It just tells that for this frequency, the, the gain is one. Hmm? So what the situation we have here is a gain of uh, apparently 2. The closed loop uh, Nyquist plot starts at 2 over 1 plus 2, so on 2 thirds. And the first point of the loop can be, the characteristic can be easily constructed. And for the rest, we need some more complex calculations, which we will see later. In the Bode plot, it's also uh, easy to, uh, to construct the closed loop system. When we assume that uh, for low frequencies k is relatively large, we could uh, make an approximation and say, well, when the gain is higher than 1, we consider the gain as being large. Yeah. If the gain is lower than 1, we consider the gain as being small. So that means that for, for omega is goes to 0, the closed loop uh, transfer function goes to 1. So we approximate 
the closed loop transfer function in the asymptotic case by this red line, which follows the 0 dB axis until the point here where the open loop characteristics cross open loop characteristic crosses the 0 dB uh, line. Yeah. And we call this omega B, where B stands for bandwidth. Mm -hmm. So we call this the bandwidth of the system. So that's the, uh, the crossing of the asymptotic open loop characteristic. And in that case, the closed loop uh, characteristic uh, has here in minus 3 dB in the case of a first order system. And that's the definition mm -hmm. of bandwidth. Well, if we consider that in a realistic example for the system with a gain of 10, we see that this approximation is, uh, well, quite accurate, that uh, it, it's, it's almost on the uh, 0 dB here, line here. Again, back to the Nyquist plot. So here we have a Nyquist plot of a system with, uh, with an integrator in it. And the closed loop transfer function is equal to HL over 1 plus HL. We have seen that many times before. But in the complex plane, we can construct this, uh, this complex uh, variable by drawing appropriate uh, factors. So for omega 0, we see that the HL is a long factor with an angle going to minus pi over 2 m is length infinity 1 plus hl in fact has the same angle if we go very far away has the same length so this uh, quotient is equal to 1 and because the arguments are equal so have minus pi over 2 here minus pi over 2 here but because that's uh, compensates each other the phase for the closed loop system for omega is zero goes to one. So we can write the closed loop transfer function as the real number one. HL can be also constructed here in the case when we consider this point where the open loop characteristics uh, crosses the negative real axis here. So this is HL and from the point minus one, one plus HL is a little bit smaller. Let's say that this ratio is uh, 2 over 3. Mm -hmm. Then we could say that the closed loop uh, modulus is one third. Uh, the, 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 the modulus of the 1 plus HL is one third. The argument here is uh, minus pi. The argument there is 0. So the total argument is minus pi. And the gain is uh, 2 thirds divided by 1 third, which is 2 times e to the power minus j pi. So that's this, exactly this point. Mm -hmm. Well, we could consider another point here where we, from the point minus 1, if we draw the factor from minus 1, it makes an angle of uh, nine, minus 90 degrees. This is still approximately minus pi. So what remains is... Uh, minus pi over 2 and the uh, well we estimate the uh, the length of the factors as being 1.25 divided by 0.25 which is a factor 5 and this is then finally my closed loop transfer function mm -hmm. so i need some more space to draw that so i have this point well you could compute more points but if you do it exactly with the computer you find the closed loop mm -hmm. 
uh, Nyquist plot as being this one, and we see that it starts for value one, then the amplitude blows up to well at least five or even even more here, and then finally it follows the last part of the open loop uh, characteristic. So this means that some frequencies are amplified in the closed loop system and other frequencies are, are reduced, of course. And again, yeah. this is stable because minus one is outside the plot, plot of HL, the open system. So this one has nothing to do with stability. We're now going to talk about design. So the question is, design a proportional controller such that the system has a phase margin of 70 degrees, which implies a damping ratio of 0.7. For the process we have considered before, we have made this design in the S-plane already. We are now considering it in the frequency domain. So the process has a system gain 1, root locus gain 10. And we can draw the characteristic, we have seen that already before, and with a proportional gain of 1, the phase margin is 47 degrees, and we want 70 degrees, so this is too small. How can we increase the phase margin? So if we want to make this phase margin bigger, we want it to have to, to 70 degrees, so we, we want to have this phase margin. Yeah, so we have to lower the uh, the amplitude uh, characteristic, the modulus characteristic, and it can be done by choosing a smaller smaller gain. So with a system gain of 0.34, we have a phase margin of 70 degrees. Okay, problem solved. So when we look at the open loop system, the blue one and the closed loop system, we have seen that before. This one follows the uh, zero dB line. Mm -hmm. uh, well, the phase for the closed loop system is less important because we don't talk about stability anymore. So the, the modulus is most important. And we see that for frequencies, well, up to, uh, let's say, 2, 3, 4, 0.4 radians per second, we have a good performance. So we have a gain 1. Mm -hmm. But this is a very low bandwidth. Eh? So this is a very slow system. Only low frequencies are followed by, by the system without any weakening of the, uh, the, the the output signals because this here the, the, the these frequencies are suppressed in the output signal so if you look at the, uh, the response the response looks nice but it's it's a slow response of course it depends upon the, the system dynamics if this is a, a very slow system the response may be okay but if this is a relatively fast system you could say this is a rather slow response you have to wait about 10 seconds before you reach the final value yeah. So in many cases we want to uh, to increase the, uh, the the speed of the response while maintaining a, a proper uh, damping ratio and phase margin. So we come back to the closed loop system first. Low frequencies, the closed loop uh, gain is one. High frequencies, the modulus should anyhow stay below a shaded area. So this is a result of the design. But in many cases we say, well, we want to have this rather low because if you do measurements often you have noise on the measurements and noise is, is something that that happens in the higher frequencies okay. noise you can, can hear when a radio is not well tuned but but any measurement has noise and that means that if you have a lot of noise in the higher frequencies you may want to suppress that uh, in the system because uh, if you feed noise to an actuator the, that gives wear and tear of, of the actuator it, it doesn't help and it only destroys your actuator so 
that's a design wish you have that this should be stay below the shaded area. So this is the response C over R, but which we have called the complementary sensitivity when we talked about sensitivity. We can also consider the sensitivity plot. We have seen the uh, equations already, but if we draw the body plot of the sensitivity function and we left out the phase plot because that has no particular meaning here. For this same system, we see that there is an area in the lower frequencies where we can suppress disturbances because if there is a disturbance, this gives the, uh, the output of the system if there is a disturbance present uh, in the system. We see that for low frequencies, the disturbances are suppressed. For very high frequencies, the feedback has no influence. So if there is a disturbance, it comes out of the system with a gain one. And for a certain frequency range here, we even have a small amplification. Yes. So that's something we certainly don't want. So with respect to the sensitivity function, our wish is to uh, a good suppression of low frequency disturbances. We want to have this deeper effect. Eh? So yeah. we, we, we would like to have it like, more like this. Eh? Well, we can produce these uh, figures in 20 sim. So this is our uh, system with the uh, pole zero location with a pole in the origin in minus one and minus ten. Uh, we can plot now the response of the closed loop system. Uh, if we take this one, the response H is the response uh, Z over, over R. Hmm? And if we go down to the body plot, we get what we just saw. Hmm? We also can plot the sensitivity, uh, which is one over one plus L. And if we plot the body plot of the sensitivity function, we get this one and we see that even the peak is uh, slightly higher in this case because our system gain is one. Hmm? Mm -hmm. So we can freeze this response and say, well, what happens when we increase, when we decrease the system gain? Hmm? Mm -hmm. So we had it in the example we had, because I'm now modifying the sensitivity, which is a result of, of the plant. I cannot change that, so I should do that here. Hmm? Now I can change the system gain from one. To point 0.34. Yeah? Yeah. When we apply that. We see that the bandwidth is becoming lower and that the suppression for low frequencies is smaller and that we have less overshoot here. Of course, we can go in the other direction and make it uh, 10 times. Well, let's make it five. Yeah? We see that the uh, bandwidth increases, yeah. that the suppression for low frequencies is also improved, but that we get a higher peak here. So what we gain here is more or less lost here. This is repeated here. For a higher gain, we have better suppression of low frequency disturbances, but amplification of higher frequencies. And this is known as the Bode sensitivity integral, the theorem of Westcott. In the Dutch lecture notes, this sensitivity is called afwijkingsverhouding. Well, it's just the, the Dutch word. Uh, it says the following. So the sensitivity is 1 over 1 plus HL. And in the case that HL has at least two more poles than zeros, yeah, so it's overall at least a second order type of behavior, 
we can formulate this uh, integral, which is called the Bode sensitivity integral. It tells that if we take the integral from zero to infinity of the logarithm of the sensitivity function uh, with respect to uh, omega, then all improvements in one area have to be paid for by a deterioration in another area, and uh, because this integral is logarithmic area of the low frequency part is equal to the logarithmic area of the uh, the other part yeah? so there's always as much above the zero db line yeah. as there is below the zero db line you could, can compare this with a water bed eh? if you make the pressure at one location uh, higher then it, the bed gets lower and at the other place it, it comes up eh? yeah. So this is, uh, this is important, so you always have to take care that if you design a control system and there are disturbances, that the disturbances are not in the area where they are amplified and that you make a design where this area, which cannot be uh, prevented, is always on a location where it doesn't hurt you. So here again the sensitivity plot, and we see that the height of the peak is 1 over 1 plus HL. And that can be seen here, that is the shortest distance from the point minus 1 to the open loop frequency characteristic. Okay. So this is the expression for the sensitivity, and this is the factor 1 plus HL, and the shortest value for 1 plus HL is exactly, uh, exactly here, and that gives you the peak in the sensitivity function. So it's clear that if your, sense, your open loop uh, Nyquist plot is close to minus 1, you have a very short factor here and a very high peak. And the length of this factor, 1 plus HL, is sometimes called the modulus margin. Well, we, in most cases, consider the response from a reference input to the output, but just as important is the response from a disturbance at the input of the process and the response then on the, uh, the output of the process. So this is a disturbance entering after the controller, you know, which is quite natural disturbance in, in the process. And what happens then? We come back to that configuration later on. So here again, we have the situation of the uh, open loop system with again K is one. We had a phase margin of 47 degrees. If we increase the gain to three, we get even a smaller phase margin. Also, the gain margin is uh, is getting smaller. So this is a situation which a damping ratio of about, about 0.2 is not very good. So this is something we certainly don't want when we look at the uh, response from uh, the reference to the controlled variable. The closed loop characteristic for K3 is, uh, is given here. And when we consider the responses, so this is a response with a step 1 on the input of t is 0 and a disturbance at, uh, at t is 10. So you see that there is a certain influence of the disturbance here. Uh, if we uh, increase the gain, yeah, this was with a controller 1. With a controller 3, we could expe expect a better disturbance suppression. Hmm? Yeah. 10 dB better. Hmm? And indeed, if we consider that, we see that the disturbance suppression is better, but that the response for, with respect to the reference indeed has the, uh, the low damping ratio of 0.2. Mm -hmm. 
What you also can see here that if just about suppressing disturbances, you can uh, can allow us a smaller gain than for uh, reference changes. So this this response is not too bad. Eh? If you have a disturbance and you have this small oscillation and a small error, you, you may be happy with it. But this is certainly not a nice response. So one of the things we could do is uh, try to, uh, to to keep this and, and, and get that uh, that away. Eh? Well, of course, we can uh, simulate that and you could play with that uh, yourself. So here we have this, uh, this system. This is the response for uh, KS1, uh, the uh, disturbance signal generator has an amplitude 0.2, so indeed there is very low suppression of the disturbance and when we increase the gain of the uh, the system to 3 we see that the suppression is better and of course we know this system in the meantime so we know that the maximum gain is uh, 11 so we can even go to uh, well they said say 8 or so well then Everything is oscillatory because the oscillations from here are not even damped when the disturbance uh, enters the system. Mm. But the final value is quite okay. Yeah? Yeah. That's because, well, the, the low the low frequency gain is, is, is much higher, so we have a better disturbance suppression. Yeah. In the body plot, we see the following. The peak we see at the frequency of uh, omega is 1.67. What we could do is to is try to suppress these frequencies in the input signal. And so the input signal is a step which has uh, frequency content including very high frequencies. If we just remove these frequencies from the input signal, we could uh, remove this peak. And this is due to pulse in uh, when we examine the closed loop uh, system, when we examine the poles of the closed loop system, we see that the poles are in minus uh, 0.34 plus minus 1.67j. So if we just put in the input signal two zeros on this location, we can suppress these poles, but because we cannot make two single zeros, we always have to make poles at the same time. So we, we add some extra poles here as well, further away, which do not hurt us. So with this network, we attenuate the resonance frequencies as follows. Yeah, these were the complex poles we just found. We put zeros there to cancel the poles. And then we put extra poles further away from the origin yeah, with the damping of 0.7, which is generally a good damping. And that makes the pre-filter causal, which means that we can realize the filter. A causal filter is a filter that doesn't require information of the future because you can never use signals that are only available in the future. And if you have more zeros than poles, that implies that you can only realize that correctly if you have information about the future. So if you re realize zeros, there must always be poles, can be very far away. But in practice, it's good not to make the distance between the poles and the zeros too big. So the damping is here much better. When we then consider the closed loop Bode plot, we get this characteristic the bandwidth even seems to increase here 
and we have suppressed the uh, the peak. Yeah? So this is the Bode plot for the transfer from uh, the reference to the controlled variable. When we look at the response, this was the original response and the pre-filter. Indeed, there's a lot of good. All the oscillations here are suppressed, at least for the reference changes, because we put the pre-filter in the reference signal. Here we see no improvement. Yeah. So the suggestion is that with this trick, you can easily increase the gain. And, well, the response will be uh, perfect here. Well, of course, you have to change the filter then. But the problem is that here nothing changes. And as such, that's not so bad. But stability becomes an issue then. Hmm? So this is the system with the pre-filter. And I simply realized that by uh, making a a transfer function with the required properties. This is made with the linear system editor and then used in the uh, in this uh, graph. So here we have the situation uh, where we have the gain uh, gain three, and of course we can increase the, the gain. But then the uh, then in fact we have to recompute the filter as well. So if we make the the gain six now. The zeros will not be on the proper location, so it doesn't work. So such an, an compensation outside the feedback loop can be very effective, but is sensitive for uh, for the parameters in the system. And also because we saw that here in the last part, nothing changes. Stability remains an issue. The, yeah. the stability of the closed loop, which is determined by the, the loop gain, is not changed by, by adding something here. The response is improved, but the stability not. So to review this, the disturbance suppression does not require high damping ratios. The response on reference changes can be improved by means of a pre-filter. But the gain and phase margins, margins were small in the case of uh, a gain 3. So the robustness for parameter variations is small. As we saw, if we change the parameter, that can, uh, can hurt the stability of the system. So what we want to do now is try to improve the robustness of by designing more advanced compensators that simultaneously guarantee good transients, high disturbance suppression. We go back to the uncompensated system with a gain one. And we see that we had uh, a small margin here and a small margin here. In order to improve this margin, we could try to decrease the high frequency gain. Or we could try to decrease the high frequency phase shift. These are the two possibilities to improve the system. Well, let's first look at uh, decrease the high frequency gain. That means that this part should be lowered. And we have seen that uh, with a lag network, and a proper lag network often is used to increase the gain at low frequency with low frequencies, but in fact that's the same if we if this the, the ratio between A and B is a factor 10, then we have uh, a factor 10 decrease of uh, high frequency gain. Of course, if we add an extra factor 10 in the in the filter, we have an increase of the low frequency gain while the high frequency gain remains the same. Mm -hmm. This is what we also could do is say, well, we lower this, uh, this characteristic by decreasing the gain and then we increase the high frequency gain. Hmm? That's yeah. a similar, similar reasoning. Hmm? Yeah. 
but in this case well this is first the result here so I uh, I show the result first this is uh, again 0.5 so in, in this case we said well indeed let's uh, decrease the gain from uh, 1 to 0.5 so the whole characteristic has moved down the phase margin now is 63 degrees is not completely 70 degrees but this is 0.5 is a nice value then k is 5 we have a very small gain margin a phase margin of 13 degrees which is far too low and when we add the lag network and we can keep the high gain in the lower frequencies and reduce the gain in the higher frequencies well of course a lag network always comes with negative phase there's a, there's a lag with a delay that means we should place this uh, this peak of the lag network at a location where it doesn't hurt the the phase margin so the phase margin is determined here so we have a slightly worse phase margin than the 63 degrees as we had with the red characteristic but it's uh, it's quite improved with respect to the 13 degrees we had with the, the blue characteristic and when we consider the response the red one was the response for k is 0.5 the blue one the response for k is 5 and now with the lag network we see that we indeed improved well not very much but we improved maybe we still suppressed the oscillations quite a lot and for lower frequencies we have the characteristic going to the response for uh, for ks5 and you see that it doesn't work for the higher frequencies so that for high frequencies the disturbance is it unattenuated in the response but for a longer period it, it is okay and of course you can use other parameters and, uh, and further tune this but this gives exactly what uh, what happens the lag network improves the system for lower frequencies for long times and here the same the the, the overshoot uh, is, is decreased compared with the original situation and it takes some time before it goes to the uh, the final value we could place the network uh, more to the low frequency uh, range yeah? so the, in this case the, here the, uh, the pole was in minus 100 here the pole is in minus 500 so it's a factor of 5 further away mm -hmm. that improves the transient so in that case the transient uh, almost approaches the transient for the, the low gain but the, uh, the positive effect uh, is also arriving much later hmm? Well, the second option is to decrease the high, high frequency phase shift. So we, we want to have some, some positive phase uh, in, in this area where we determine the, the phase margin. That can be done with the uh, lead network. Uh, lead network gives uh, a phase lead for a certain frequency range, but we have to be careful because the, the, the gain for high frequencies also increases. This was the situation with uh, K is 0.5 situation with case 5 and this is the result when we apply a lead network we see that we indeed can increase the the, the, the phase we have much less phase lag but there's also a slight increase in the the gain here so in the new 0 db crossing we determine the the phase margin which appears to be 50 degrees 
And when we look at the responses, again, 0.5, 5, and now with the lead network, the overshoot is uh, considerably reduced, mm -hmm. and the positive effect is also available for much higher frequencies. So we see that the disturbance suppression in place, instead of being like this, is now like this. So a lead network is much more effective, but it's also more expensive to apply because you must have an... an an amplifier or an actuator which can handle these uh, these higher frequencies. Yeah? Oh, okay. If you have, have a device which works slow, it's always cheaper than when you have a device which works very fast. Yeah? But this clearly shows the benefit of uh, of adding uh, some phase lead. Yeah? So the conclusions are: a lag network, uh, the dynamics are approximately the same. The same bandwidth as the low gain system, so you don't improve the bandwidth. You have the improvements in the low frequency area because the accuracy is improved by increasing the low frequency gain. In a lead network, you have faster dynamics, increased bandwidth, also the accuracy is improved, and in that sense, a lead network is preferable. And of course, you can combine the two. Yeah, why, why not combine the two? The red one was the response with the lead network when we add the lag network. K is 5, we can now go to a gain of a low frequency gain of 50. Yeah, so instead of using 0.5, we have a factor 100 gain with respect to uh, the original situation. So this is 50. You see there's hardly any change now in the uh, response here, but you see that the steady state error further decreases here. Well, this was uh, the result by putting the networks at an appropriate place. The next question is, how can I do that myself? Huh? So we now go for a more accurate design. This is the lead network hmm, with the uh, origin, with, with the zero closer to the origin than the pole. And when we draw this more exactly, we see that uh, in the middle between the uh, zero and the pole, we have the maximum phase lag. And on a logarithmic scale, we just take the square root at the product of 1 and 10. So we have a 0 in 1, a pole in 10, mm -hmm. 1 times 10, and there the square root gives you the middle of the uh, of this uh, characteristic on the logarithmic scale. Hmm? Yeah. Well, then we could compute the maximum phase lead we can achieve as a function of uh, of a, where a is the uh, the distance between the pole and the zero. So here we had a is 10, eh? the, the pole and the zero were a factor 10 apart. So if they are in the same location, we have no phase lead. For a factor 10, we have about, uh, well, say 55 degrees. We saw that already. And when we increase A, it, it goes slower and slower. So further increasing A has not much benefit for the phase, lag we can, phase lead we can achieve. But it, uh, it has a lot of effect on the uh, amplification of noise in higher frequencies. So normally a factor 10 is about what we, we choose. And sometimes you can better apply two two networks with a factor 10 and one with a factor 20. It's only, if we increase A greater than 10, it gives only a little extra phase lead, but amplifies the high frequencies. That's important. So this is an important rule. This is about what you can gain. The rules for designing a, a lead network is, well, choose A is 10 by default, and you can always make it smaller. Draw the body plot for the desired gain. So we have drawn the body plot for the gain 5. Then 
the lead network will give 10 dB extra gain at the location where the, uh, the phase is maximum, the phase lead is maximum, yeah, because that was in the middle of the network. The total uh, amplification is 20 dB, so in the middle we have 10 dB. We have to take that into account, and we want to have the maximum phase lead at the new zero, the crossing of the modulus. And if we add the, the, the network, we have 10 dB extra gain. So we must determine the point here where the gain is minus 10 dB. And there we, we want to have the, uh, the, the peak of the, uh, of the phase lead. Hmm? Yeah. So in this case, we have uh, 13 degrees margin. This is the point where the gain is minus 10 dB. This, this is the middle of the network. So for omega, it's 3.8. Yeah. This is the result of the, the network. Hmm? We want the Vmax at the new zero crossing of the modulus, omega is omega b. This implies that the zero should be located at omega is omega b divided by square root 10 and the pole at omega b times square root 10. And with omega b is 3.8, it follows that the, uh, the zero is in uh, minus 1.2 and the pole in minus 12. So this is a very straightforward computation. So this is the, uh, the final result if we, uh, we compute it uh, well and then we draw the proper characteristic. And that results in a phase lead of 50 degrees. And of course, if we would have chosen a small, a little bit smaller gain, the response could have been even, even better with less uh, overshoot. Well, the result on the sensitivity of this measure, we started with a gain 0.5. The gain 5 gave a good suppression, but had a peak here. And now with the lead network, we can show that in the demonstration as well. And then we can also see how we realize that. So this is the, uh, this is the controller design editor. So this is our plant. System gain one, the compensator. Now, oh, in this case, we have the combined uh, lead and leg network. I could, uh, I could copy this. Yes. And then we can remove the, uh, we'll do it in the So this was my pole of the lead network. So I delete the pole of the leg network, which is discussed later on. This was my uh, zero. I delete the pole of the and the gain of this is uh, 50. Okay, that's probably what I want. The system gain five, yeah. And now I can look at the uh, body plot. This is the body plot of the Compensator, okay, that we knew. Uh, the loop transfer body plot is this one, and the sensitivity is this one. Hmm? Yeah. And compared with the case, we go to the compensator again, and we give this uh, now a transfer function just five hmm? so this was a situation where we didn't have the uh, the network hmm? we see that 
the suppression for the uh, the lower frequencies is just as good, but the peak has been moved to higher frequencies and is lower. And finally, I can show that at this moment here as well. So when I go to zero pulse and gain again, I say edit. No, I don't say edit. I copied my complete compensator, so I can now uh, paste that here. And here's, here, see what happens. Do you, this is the effect of the uh, the, the lag network. Hmm? Yeah. And it further improves the low frequency behavior, but only for the low frequencies. Hmm? So that's repeated here. This was the uh, the lead network, and this was the lag network. Hmm? Yeah. If you amplify that enough, you can clearly see the effect. Hmm? Mm -hmm. Oh, in this case, I uh, I increased it with a, with a factor ten. Hmm? Yeah. We have in the beginning seen a definition of bandwidth. That's why the open loops uh, characteristic crosses the zero dB line. Mm -hmm. Uh, in terms of sensitivity, you can use an alternative definition of bandwidth, and then you say the bandwidth is the frequency where the, the sensitive, sensitivity function crosses the uh, zero dB line from, from below. And when you compare that, uh, well, one is slightly higher than the other. Well, finally, the result of these designs in the Nichols diagram, just uh, for reference, uh, when we increase the gain, we uh, take the, uh, the characteristic up. Then we add a lead network. We see that we improve the, uh, the phase margin here. Yes. And when we uh, add a lag network, we increase the gain for, uh, for lower frequencies. Yeah. In the Nyquist uh, plot, this is the uh, case 0.5. Case 5, you see clearly the difference. But if you add a, a lead network, you don't see a, a very steep bending. You just see that the whole characteristics is moved to back to the situation where K is 0.5. And if you add the lag network, you see then indeed a kind of bending. And then for lower frequencies, the gain is slightly higher. But it's difficult to see here. So the, the effect of the networks is better seen in the Bode plot and the Nichols plot. So the final conclusions are that compensation networks can improve the dynamic performance, the transients, and or the accuracy. Mm -hmm. uh, lead networks must always be located in the high frequency region. And lag, ne lag networks must always be located in the low frequency region at a location where the phase lag of the original system is not approaching the minus 180 degrees yet.